This show is sponsored by CoventryCreations.com. You're listening to Keep It Magic Radio. 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 Are you ready to make some magic? Jackie and Storm are putting the pieces together for you. Find out what planets are changing the game and how to harness that energy. Get the latest metaphysical perspective on hot topics. Learn how to make magic work for you. Nothing is too hot or personal for Jackie and Storm to handle. Visit our website weekly for articles, updates, and the latest information to transform your life at www.keepitmagic.com. Now here is Jackie Smith and Storm Sestavani. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this special edition of Keep It Magic. Um, Of course, you know that we are doing a bi-weekly show now and not a weekly show, but because of the fact that Jackie and Patty, Patty is Patty Shaw, of course, is Jackie Smith's sister. Um, they have a new book that's coming out today, October the first. So we're doing a special edition of Keep It Magic that's going to be strictly about the wonderful energy and power that is in this wonderful book that you can get right now at CoventryCreations.com. So cruise on over to www.CoventryCreations.com, um, and the book will be up for sale also. Cruise on over over to the website, which Jackie will give the website to you in just a minute. Um, but make sure when Jackie does give you the website address for this, which I think is DIYAkashicWisdom.com. I'm not for sure. Jackie, what, what is the... It's DIYAkashicWisdom.com. Okay, it's DIYAkashicWisdom.com. So go over there. Make sure that you sign up on the mailing list so that you get all of the good little wonderful freebies that go along with this particular book. Today is so exciting because this is our official launch day. Yeah. And um, with this being our official launch day, it's been a long time coming and a long journey, and I'm just ecstatic to be here. Um, What we're doing is actually you buy, if you buy your book today, either Kindle version or paper version from Amazon.com, because we're we're going for a bestseller status, people. We're going for a bestseller status. Let's just call it what it is. So if you buy it from Amazon.com today, you can um, put your number, your your order number in um, our website, and you'll get not only... um, the free gifts from buying the book, which is three of our classes, our Kashuk Wisdom classes that Patty and I have taught. They're two-hour classes. And then sign up for the newsletter as well, and you get the intro class. So you'll have the perfect Akashic Record Starter Kit. Nice, nice. So that is wonderful. Of course, do all of that. Go to Amazon. Get a copy of the book, either the um, soft cover, which is what I'm holding right now, um, the Kindle one is, of course, on my Kindle. <laughs> um, and uh, or order it from the Kindle. Get the order number. Send it over to um, Jackie and Patty with the instructions on the web page, and you will get all of these particular wonderful goodies. And I don't think you can get any better of a deal of that. Um, you know, I, I have to confess something. When I have an awesome book that um, I use, even some of the books I've had for years, Mm-hmm. I went and purchased it in Kindle because it's searchable. Yeah. I, I will tell you, I've got um, Kindle. I'm a little bit crazy. I've got my Kindle, mm-hmm. my reading Kindle, my Kindle Fire, Kindle on the iPad. 
<laughs> Kindle on my computers, Kindle on my iPhone. <laughs> right, right. So I've got like a Kindle on every device I own. I'm surprised I don't have the Kindle on the toaster. But, but they, they haven't made the iToaster yet. So. Right. So here's what I do is I buy my paper copy because I love the publishing industry. I love books. I love to have them. I love the feel of them. So I have my paper copy. Because in books like this that are nonfiction, that are nonlinear books, like you can go back and forth, i got to have them in paper. But then what I do is I pull it up on my Kindle and I make notes, and that's how I keep my notes. I, it's, I'm, you know, I'm a Virgo. What can I say? Yeah. Now, my autographed copy, which I will get, um, uh, I will put in plastic. Really? Yeah, I have the my autographed copy of um, Healer's Almanac, which is Patty's first book. Mm-hmm. Um, my autographed copy of Coventry Magic, um, which was your first book, are both plastic sealed so that they don't ever get ruined and they're in mint condition forever. I'm a little verklempt. Uh, you, well, here is the thing. I'm thinking this. When my nieces get older and they need a little money, <laughs> and I'm no longer around, <laughs> you know they may be able to get a very good, you know, chunk of change off of that book, Jackie. So, <laughs> especially because you know your books will be worth more when you're no longer with us. <laughs> so. Oh, that feels so good to me. Right. Yeah, I know. It uh you know, then because there's nothing else that's ever gonna come. So uh your books will then skyrocket in value, especially if they ever go out of print, which would they won't ever go out of print, but um uh if they go out of print it it will skyrocket even more. I've seen and then, and then they'll find the lost manuscripts of I know. Jackie Smith and Patty Shaw. <laughs> then they'll find the lost manuscript that was channeled by somebody that we don't even know, you know. <laughs> It, it'll be, you know, you'll become like V.C. Andrews. Um, <laughs> Don't even start with those little flowers in the attic. Some, somebody will be uh, channeling Patty and you and writing books, you know, for perpetuity, um, uh, you know, from from now to the end of time. So I'm kind of excited about that. Um, so let me, first of all, um, of course, those of you that don't know, I'm Storm Sestavani. Um, You can cruise on over to my website at www.stormsestavani.com. There is a blog up that is um, my questions about um, this this book, the questions that I had for them initially. I have a lot more now, but um, <laughs> my initial questions about the book when I was asked to um, come up with some questions. Um, and also, um, Jackie... To go to Jackie's website, go to www.coventrycreations.com. She's the owner and the creatrix and the president and everything of the goodness. But let's bring on the other half of the dynamic duo. Um, that's coventrycreations.com. Um, Patty Shaw, whose website is um, Healings with Patty, isn't it? <laughs> Healingswithpattyshaw.com. Is that it, Patty? That's it. You got it. Healingwithpattyshaw.com. Okay. Healing now, you see, I just make this stuff up off of the top of my head. You're doing very well. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so, um, Patty, um, one of the things, I want to start with you, actually. Okay. Um, tell me how you got into these, these Akashic records. Very reluctantly, I must say, um, I was kind of drafted into working with the Akashic Records. Um, I started out uh, doing the healer development program where I I wanted to learn how to be an energy healer and a spiritual counselor. So uh, once I got all my tools 
sorted out and graduated from the program, I started giving little healings or giving messages to Jackie. And every time it came to Jackie's gifts or, you know, what direction is she supposed to go in, we kept getting pulled back into this place called the Akashic. She is a record keeper. She is a holder of knowledge. She is... um, supposed to bring out more information and teach about the Akashic. And we're like, what the what? We don't know what this is. So, um, yeah, uh, I was just constantly there in support of Jackie on this path that she was supposed to take in um, teaching and learning more about the Akashic Records. So later, flash forward a couple years, um, I started uh, writing material for my own class for teaching healers how to be better healers with a friend of mine, and um, Jackie says, well, why don't you try this in the Akashic Records? I think that will, from what I've experienced from it, I think that will help you to um, do it better, I guess is the best way to say that. So we tried it. We went into the Akashic Records. We started looking at the, the things that needed to be healed and the information that we needed, and things, boom, 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 went so fast, and we, we got messages quicker and clearer, and it's like, God, I, I actually know what's going on here. Previously, without the Akashic Records, it was like, now what does that mean, or what am I seeing, or what are you seeing? I don't know, I don't know. So now it's like, oh, yeah, the Akashic Records just lays it out for us and um, gives us the perfect metaphor for what it is that we're trying to understand you know, in the person's past or you know, what secret they're keeping from themselves and it it was amazing. I loved it and uh I'll I'll do I'll never do healings again without the use of the Akashic records. Yeah, it, it well, I've had a healing with you and it was pretty powerful. So, um I will be the first person to attest even though that I will admit that I walked into the healing with you with you know because I'm very very logical minded and you know my background is in psychology and astrology and these very very linear um uh uh, uh ideologies um so when I walked into the uh, the akashic uh healing with you uh, first of all I had no idea what to anticipate um but the experience was much more surreal than I actually thought that it was going to be. And after being in it for just a few minutes, um, I mean, things started to uh, uh, radically uh, begin begin to shift. And even, you know, afterwards, um, uh, uh, you know, that there was within minutes, you remember, Patty, when we were talking about this, we I had like a major breakthrough within minutes mm-hmm. um, yeah. after we got yeah. done with, with, with that particular healing. Um, Jackie, here is the interesting thing, and I find with great irony with what you wrote about how you came into the Akashic Records. And you state, everyone wants to claim that they're a natural-born psychic who comes from a long line of psychics or witches. Well, the only thing I was naturally born with is my red hair. Now, here is the thing that i got to say. Every demarcation for somebody that is a natural-born psychic, you have. So I found it with great irony that you would um, start uh, this book from uh, from this particular uh, perspective. And you go on further to say, I can't say that I was a gifted child or that I saw spirits or that I could predict plane crashes. However, I can say that I love the spiritual and I love people. Now... Are you calling me out? I'm, call, I'm about to call you out here because I, I just can't consent. You know, knowing you for as long as I have five years, um, and working with you professionally for 
four and a half, okay? Um, and knowing your intuition at the level that it is. I refuse to believe, Jackie, that that's true. Okay, I'm, I'm glad you brought this up because I really think that everyone has it in them to be intuitive, to tune into life around them. I, I think when, when people get in a groove together, they're psychically connected. And so often we're taught, I mean, you, we look in the media, we look in sensationalism that says, well, this woman is, you know, is a 10th is generation psychic or, or you know, um, she started seeing, you know, seeing all these things as a child or, or he um, had a near-death experience. And then so people want, um, not want, but but so often we believe that you have to be. It has to be so sensational mm-hmm. for you to call yourself a psychic or a healer that there's no way we can attain that level. Um, I don't walk around and see spirits, and yeah, I'm tuned into some things, and sometimes I even scare myself. But mm-hmm. when I was a kid, um, yeah, I, was, I think I was pretty empathic as a kid, and I didn't understand that that's what it was. Um, but I, I can't claim this. I mean, I know some amazing mediums. Lizzie Starr's one. Um, I know some other natural mediums who struggled with that their entire life. I know a gal who works in hospitals and she sees ghosts all the time. I think mm-hmm. you need a new profession. But um, but the ninety nine percent of us start with this subtlety. We start with intuition, with feeling these things. Um, some more than others, but you can absolutely talk yourself out of it being um, a psychic or spiritual experience and it just being ghosts in the corners of your eyes or, or, you know, like seeing something that's not really there and logically and scientifically explain it all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I want to validate that person that that maybe came about it the hard way and and need to learn it and needed to hone these gifts and, and decide whether they could do it or not. Um because I want to validate that person, and and that person often doesn't think they're psychic when they really are, and and you calling me out on that, I really didn't think I was psychic mm-hmm. for a long time. I thought I was a fraud, mm-hmm. um, and that I was making it all up, and it was just good common sense. But then when you get random things like, you know, you look at somebody and you go, and you go, wow, is your name Rose? And they go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you scare yourself, and you go, oh, oh okay. Um, so we 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 have sometimes we have those flashes of brilliance, but more often than not, we have to sit and be quiet and wait for the information and find the one tiny word and tug on it, the one idea and tug on it, the one um, feeling or color or experience, and start under asking what that means because it doesn't come to us a full picture. So how did you get involved in the Akashic Records? How was this introduced to you? Um, I had heard the term, to be honest with you. I, I'm, I'm sure in, in my readings um, in my early studies um, of Wicca and um, uh, witchcraft and all that happy jazz, I had heard the term, and I loosely understood what it was. Mm-hmm. Knowing that, um, I then uh, would hear it again and again, but early on when I was doing my readings, I would find myself in what I called the, the stream of all consciousness, um, or the stream of all knowledge, I should say. And I remember reading about Jung's um, collective unconsciousness. And going, I know what that is. And um, 
so I would I would find it in different ways whenever I would do meditative work. I can't say every time, but more often than not, I would find this huge, vast storehouse of, of knowledge. And so I just would look and see what's going on and get the information. And, and I know that when I would struggle, if I could tap into that, it would be fine. And then over time, it became clearer and clearer what I was really dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then one day... Um, as I was doing readings over at uh, Zuzu's Healing Arts out in Massachusetts, um, I had a client, the first client of the day, and all of a sudden I'm like, wham, where am I? What's going on here? Because it was, it had never been so crystal clear, it had never been so powerful, and um, uh, just an amazing uh, experience. And um, And then after that I was hooked. After that I was like, oh, now I know... Now I know how to get there, and and I just kept asking to be taught when I got there. The um, the interesting thing that I found after reading this whole book, and I know both of you don't have, I, you, you know, you have loose knowledge of Jungian psychology, but neither one of you are Jungian analysts or training to be Jungian analysts, but. Basically, you can take Jung's concept of the self, which is, in Kabbalah, it's called the Zadik, which is called the perfected soul. Um, uh, In Jung's idea of the self is almost the connection that human beings have with uh, the God force. And most people don't know, you know, with Jung, and this is pretty interesting because uh, both of you come from a very similar background. Um, On Jung's father's side, you had an intensely religious, Lutheran type of background. On the mother's side, you know, at at 3 o'clock in the morning, she was holding seances in the, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, her living room. Um, And basically what you had... Jung's psychology is basically him dealing with, in many ways, this conflict that was built within him as a young child. Um, the, the self in Jungian psychology is this perfected place that has all wisdom. And basically what happens during the first part of life is that the ego takes control, and the ego has to take control in order for us to establish identity. Then basically what happens in the latter part of life, okay, is that the ego then reconciles with the self. Um, and basically, you know, what I'm, when I was reading through this, this whole book, basically, you know, one of the things that I first thought about was, um, isn't this kind of the natural midlife crisis book? <laughs> <laughs> If, if there was ever one, you know, this is a natural book for for dealing with your midlife crisis. Um, but also this reconnect, this connection to this records, this connection with this um, uh, uh, higher place of energy um, uh, is something that I think is necessary for all of us to do. And my, I'll ask you this question first. Patty, how is the Akashic Records different than tuning into the God Force or the Light? If there is a difference. Well, I think that the, well, you'll find the difference is is that the erect, the records are very organized, and you are led you're led to where that you know your intention leads you. Your guides help you if you want to separate out into that there's me and then there's guides. But the the idea of the records is to help us understand ourselves, help us understand God. 
So tuning into the records is like the primer, uh, and this is how God organized everything, and this is how life happens and how you develop and and how you learn about what you are and, and who you are. The part of it is that in this incarnation, part of it is who you are as a soul and what is your specific journey about. Tuning into God is tuning into probably everything at once, and we call it the light because it is just everything at once. And it becomes one note, one tune, or one symphony where you can't discern the pieces and parts, where in the records you can, and you are encouraged to discern the pieces and parts so that it can, you can break it down linearly, linearly, like you spoke about in psychology and astrology, so that you can understand it. So you can say, okay, this, this started here and this led to that and then led to that, and I figured that out and I'm going over here. And But the amount of love and compassion and, and acceptance and validation you find in the Akashic Records is the same, is the same as what you would find tuning into God and the light. That's how I experience it. Jackie, you mentioned in the book about the Akashic Records being like the first three sephirot in the Tree of Life, which are Keter, Hakma, and Bina. Mm-hmm. Um, Keter, its actual meaning is the toe of God. It's as close to um, the God force being in a human body that we can get. Um, would you state that the Akashic Records, going off of what Patty just said, that the Akashic Records are kind of the filtering down through that particular tree, um, the information so that it is um, usable and adaptable for human living? Yes. Yeah. Just like what Patty said is that um, tapping into the light, it can be all the information, you know, tapping directly into the light. We we really kind of can't. Yeah. I think we'd short our brains out if we if we tried yeah. to do that. You know, I won't even say Meta's full name. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just going, going direct to direct direct to that creator energy. Um, it's really interesting in so many pantheons and so many um, cosmologies. Around the world, they say that you cannot connect directly to the ultimate creator source. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just not possible for us. Uh, so, you know, and in, in with the, using the Akashic Records as that interface between you and the divine, it is the natural interface. I'm not saying it's better than, worse than, whatever. It just it has so many names, and mm-hmm. it's so vast, and everybody has their own Akashic Record and, and on and on. Um, it's how it's how we make sense of all that energy, and it's how our guides help um, filter that energy to us to, for it to make sense. So yes, um, using the the first three um, uh, as the repository of what the akashic records are, because the the first three um, sephirot, sephirot, that's how you say it. Sephirot, yeah. Um, I was told it, I was taught a different name, so it's like I, I have a collision in my brain. <laughs> So that's like the the repository of your Akashic Records. So you go up in there to understand. Now, the way I understood it is that um, 
Keter is um, the creation of the Akashic Records. It's the fact that they exist. Uh-huh. And then Chokmah is the actual recording of the Akashic Records um, that Archangel Raziel, uh-huh. Yep, um, Raziel. Um, sometimes they... They start talking to me all at once, and I forget who's who. Um, Ratziel, um, he writes it all down. And then in Binah, Zafkiel brings you the understanding of it. So it's the three together that um, create that energy where you can. it makes it usable. Uh, but you need all three of them. You need all three of them, and it's so that space. To me, I, I envision that space that's created in the center of the three um, sephirahs on the tree of life. Uh, and then it's the process. The rest of the tree of life um, is the process of us taking that information and um, bringing it into our life and learning how to use that information in our life. And Honestly, um, that uh, a lot of the process that you've taught me over the years um, from Kabbalah is the inspiration in the back of the book, the last chapter, or the second from last chapter, where we talk about the process. Mm-hmm. The, we call it the rhythm method. But um, it's, you have to have a way to integrate it. There's no magic pill in the Akashic Records. So many folks say, well, I, let's get a reading, let's do a healing in the Akashic Records, and then tomorrow it still smarts a little, it still hurts a little. Yeah, absolutely, because the healing has to go through all the levels of the self, all the, your tree of life, all your life experience. You have to, and then you challenge yourself on it immediately. So it's they're very akin, and it was hard um, to leave that out, to leave those in-depth details out of the book, but we were limited on the amount of words that we could use. <laughs> and we, like, I think, Patty, what did we cut, like, half? Yeah. From yeah, what we, we originally three, wrote? Three more books, yeah. We totally have yeah. enough material for a couple more. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's interesting that, that you mentioned the process, Jackie, because I think um, at the end of the day, you can have all of this head knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will be the first person to admit that I spent my first 12 years of Kabbalah doing complete head knowledge. I knew all of the rules. I knew exactly how to do it. I knew I could recite passages from the Zohar from the top of my head. Mm-hmm. Um, I could divine, define everything. Um, but it wasn't until it came to a point in which I had to practically begin to start to apply this stuff to my life, that it all began to sink in. And um, do you find, Patty, that just knowing about the Akashic Records in an intellectual sort of way, um, you know, for example, going to go buy this book, read it, put it on the shelf, is just a waste of time and a waste of money. You actually have to do the work within the book, which there's a lot in this book. Um, and I, what I want you to do, Patty, is be very, very blunt, okay? <laughs> because I want people to walk away from this book and apply it, and I want them to use it because it can alter and change their life dramatically. But I think that we have a tendency as human beings to try to Jupiterize everything, okay? You know, make it a, a weekend um, you know, retreat, and then we walk away on Monday morning, and we don't, we don't do anything with it. Um, uh, and... Um, Tell the importance 
Patty, of going through the process with us. Okay. Great lead up because that's exactly the truth of any kind of self-help book is that if you read it, you have not done the work. You have just looked at it, put your toe in it, and said, you know, and said, oh, the water's fine. Um, maybe uh, I'll go in next time. So with the uh, the Akashic Wisdom book, we give um, meditations. We give this is what you do when you find that. And it takes a lot of courage, and, and we have a, we have addressed that, that it, it takes courage to look at your stuff. Mm-hmm. And and the amount of honesty that you have to bring to the to the experiences can be pretty daunting. A lot of us lie to ourselves about things that we've you know experienced. Part of it's through self preservation, and part of it's because we just we just don't want to admit that you know we were that person, mm-hmm. we had that experience. So with with what what we give you in the Akashic Wisdom book is a place to start, but we always give you an out. If this becomes something that you you know you can't do alone or you shouldn't do alone, and we give you some guidelines what you what you can do on your own and what you should not do on your own, and follow that, you're going to be so proud of yourself. You're going to find that, and the other end of this book, you are a new person and a new improved version of yourself. So yeah, don't just read it. Do the exercises. Maybe get a, a friend, a trusted friend together, and you do it together someone that you uh feel safe with. But yeah, totally do the exercises, do the take notes, write things down and um follow up on it. Go back in it. Okay, last time I went in, I followed this exercise, I learned this. Now let's add another layer. Let's go deeper. And you'll be amazed. You, by the time you're, you know, have worked with this for a year even, go back and do the exercises over and over again, you will find that um any judgments you had about yourself or your experiences with other people will be you'll look at it very very differently on the other side of it and you will grow and you will mature and you will start to appreciate yourself more love yourself more and do all of that crazy stuff that uh, you have to do to heal Jackie how do you recommend people work with this book how do I recommend they work with this book Um, one experience at a time I think one of the best um, uh, things that I did in in one of the healer development classes I took is um, the teacher took a subject at a time. She took a subject of, say, past life or took a subject of uh, fears or took a subject of inner children, um, soul parts, and she had us explore them and what they looked like and what they felt like. And and I have to I have to give um, Eve props for for bringing it to that way so it was um, reasonable and and workable so that's how I would do it I would do it in two two ways really go in first of all go in and ask lots of questions mm-hmm. uh, learn what your akashic record room is about um, meditate in your like go through your meditations and go into your akashic record room and then you're going to learn things about yourself that you didn't really understand or learn about your connections and contracts with other people and you'll find that things come up and then ask what they are um when things come up for you for you um after of course read the book get familiar have some new terms in your head 
Um, because it's our experiences that we use to expand our knowledge base. Um, and if you have never heard of a soul part before or a spiritual contract or um, one of these things that, that we talk about uh, or the healing wells, if you've never experienced them and know about them, they're not going to come up in, in your in your um, conscious mind as you're working on your meditation. Mm-hmm. Um, something different will. You'll get a slightly different explanation that's probably just as valid, but I so like shortcuts. Um, and this this gives you um, a little bit of a shortcut, so you have something to work with. And then, we, you know, when Patty and I, when Patty and I teach the classes, we literally say this is a class we're going to talk about um, divine allies, and we do a class on divine allies, and we take them in and help them experience different types of divine allies, and it really helps to feel the difference between um, to go into your Kashuk records and say. What does an archangel feel like? What does my spirit guide feel like? And you go in and you meet them, and then once you've developed those relationships, say, can you show me what it looks like and feels like when I'm tricking myself or when my own inner saboteur is coming out or when there's a disincarnate attached to me? Mm-hmm. Show me the difference. And and it's a little scientific, but, it, boy, it's a lot safer than... <laughs> I bet. I, 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 I bet that it is. Um, we're about to get into some stuff. I listen to all of the interviews that the two of you have done on this book. I'm lucky. <laughs> <laughs> I got to listen to all of the the um, the interviews. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go somewhere in just a second where I haven't heard any of them go. Okay. Um, but I think it's definitely important um, information, especially, you know, for the Keep It Magic listening audience, which is, you know, our goal is to promote, you know, really getting in there in the dirt and really getting in there in the mud and really working on the issues and really, you know, using um, uh, information as a way to tr- change and transform your life. But first, I have to tell everybody, go over right now to Amazon.com, purchase this book. DIY Akashic Wisdom. It's a beautiful. Um, I'm waving it in the air now. I'm like crazy, but um, <laughs> uh, it's a beautiful, you know, goldish brown book. Um, and uh, you know, it's packed full of uh, just information. You know, you would. I, I can't recommend this book enough. I, um, and I will be through the month of October. I've got selected some stuff in here that you're going to see on my blog, stormsestimony.com, that I'm going to actually use the book and some stuff in this book to help you guys, not only with tarot, but with astrology. So a lot of stuff coming up that's going to be coming up that will be both on the Keep It Magic site and um, my website as well. But go over to Amazon right now. Then go to DIYAkashicWisdom.com. After you've purchased the book, you'll get an order number probably within three minutes back from Amazon of what the order number is. Put that in on the website. Get the freebies. The classes alone are probably a value of two or $300 on their own. So make sure that you go and get that. They're absolutely free. So go and check that out. Get a copy of this book. Get it right now. You know. <laughs> Go right now. Oh, he's not joking. <laughs> I'm not joking. Um, uh, one of the things uh, where I want to go with this now, um, Patty, you've seen the lead up over the past couple of years in regards to the direction that Jackie and I wanted to go in in regards to Keep It Magic. Um, right. And, uh, you know, the both Jackie and I strongly agree, and the reason why we call the type of candle magic that you all do 
transformational magic um, uh, is because of the fact that candle magic in many ways is an alchemical process just like anything else. Now, when I was reading through this book, candle magic, I think, is an alchemical process in a particular certain elemental sort of way, okay, um, which I'm going to call the fire way, okay? This mm-hmm. is a different type of alchemy, the Akashic um, records, um, using a different element, which I think is air, um, uh, you know, because it has to do with thought and ideas and concepts and reaching into something higher than yourself. Those are all very, very airy concepts. Now, where I want to go for the rest of the podcast is one of the things that I think is that part of the problem with modern psychology, okay, what we're you know, psychology in the 21st century, is it has been diluted basically to one type, which is cognitive behavioral therapy, which I have an enormous amount of respect for, and I think that getting somebody's mind on the right track is probably um, the first step to anything. Um, being able to think in a rational sort of way and be able to control, you know, emotional impulses that are coming up inside of you, um, uh, it definitely has its place in the world, Okay. My problem with modern-day psychology um, is that, except for, you know, the few psychoanalysts that are around or that are dealing with, you know, dreams and all of this other stuff, which is very minimal at this particular point because insurance companies don't like to cover it, um, when you go into the Akashic Records, really, I, when I was looking at this, I thought that this was is a perfect particular pathway for somebody that has experienced severe types of trauma to to go to their journey after they, especially after they've done that cognitive stuff. Um, uh, you know, it, it, it helps to push them, them, them forward in a deeper sort of way. Patty, in your experience, um, have you worked with a lot of people that have diagnosable mental illness with the Akashic Records? I've worked with a few. Besides um, me. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, besides you. And I would say that um, I would appreciate that somebody who uh, works with me also works with a psychiatrist because mm-hmm. um, I work with them on the spiritual side of it. And if somebody is not able to... Um, be there and have all that self-control and control their illusions and delusions, um, it's very hard for for us to move forward with their healing. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's what I need, to be able to work with someone going through a trauma who, if they're in the thick of it and they're not done grieving or they're not done being in denial about some piece of it that's holding them back from healing, um, they would need to have someone... Um, in their life that is a professional counselor in that way. Mm-hmm. And if they medication, you know, have the medication, have the, the monitoring going on. Because I, I cannot work with someone who won't let go of their delusions. That mm-hmm. the, going into the Akashic Records is going into your truth. And if you are holding on to your fantasy tooth and nail and willing to fight to the death for it, I, I won't do that. Um, and I think most healers would agree with me. Go ahead and be in your fantasy if that's what you need to survive. 
and um, come see us later when you're ready to um, broaden your horizons, when you're ready to go and look and see, well, what else am I about? And, mm-hmm. and admit that I, I've been hanging on to this illusion, this delusion, because I was afraid. I was afraid of the truth. I was afraid of what really happened, and I couldn't cope. And mm-hmm. if you can't cope, that's okay. There is no judgment. Just when you come to a healer, a spiritual healer, and want to work with your Akashic Records, you're coming to a place saying that I'm ready for the truth and I'm ready to embrace all sides of it, even the sides that are, you know, very hard for me, hard, hard for me very ugly, you know. Mm-hmm. Maybe I was, you know, the times when I was the bad guy. Those are hard for our, my clients. Yeah. But those that are re- they're ready for it, they can, they can go there. And they find that working with me in the Akashic Records, there is... There's no judgment. There's just this is what happened and this is what brought you here. These are the kinds of experiences and decisions you made that caused you to believe these sorts of things and then act out on your beliefs. And that's what we um, we, we peel apart in um, in this kind of spiritual work. So yeah, you got to be you got to be ready. You um, yeah. And I. And I, I have to evaluate my clients. I have to make sure that they're ready too. I, it's a, it's um, very um, highly responsible thing, and I take it very seriously. And I, I value everyone's experience as something that is very worthwhile to their soul's journey and very important to them. Mm-hmm. So nothing is diminished. Nothing is saying, well, you know, that that was wrong, and, and you are wrong. That's or that terrible thing happened to you, and I'll uphold that victim status for you. No, that is that is mm-hmm. never what someone would find going through a, a spiritual healing session, and especially in the Akashic records, you can't even get away with it. It's it just you will not will not be supported in in helping anyone stay attached to their illusions. Yeah, um, one of the things that I love about both of you um, is that. Both of you approach things in an extremely non-judgmental sort of way. And Jackie, um, uh, uh, I know through experience working with you when I was going through my breakdown um, that you know you kept reinforcing the non-judgment over and 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 over. And do you think that that being a healer and working with the Akashic Records in the way that you do? Um, do you think that uh, uh, having that particular viewpoint um, is the most effective? Do you think that it softens your client to be able to trust you? Do you, you know, uh, why do you take that particular stance? Um, the non-judgment stance I take because it, we all have our own places that we come from, our own um, experiences, realities, truth, and our own damage that we come from and it's really hard to I don't want to get into that, you know, my damage is worse than your damage. Yeah. So I'm more valid than you're valid. Um there's a, one of the things I'm fascinated with is everyone's story. Why do they do why why are they where they are? Mm-hmm. What got them there? What are the things that happened in life that that pushed them to this place? Because that when you understand somebody's story and how they got there, the judgment of what's going on in this moment is is not necessary. But the other thing is, is you know, I've come to learn, and I don't know if this is an Akashic Records thing or if this is just a 45 years old now thing or, 
or what it is, is that when you judge someone else, the really the person you're judging is yourself. Mm-hmm. Because you're afraid of what they're they're doing or have done or experienced. It strikes home strikes a little too close to home. And when you um when I find that I'm starting to judge somebody, first of all it's usually in another voice. It's somebody else's voice in my head. It's a learned experience. Judgment I think is a learned experience. Mm-hmm. Um and so when I'm I'm doing that I go, okay, what's what am I afraid of here? What's the fear that's going on? Well, who's driving the bus right now? Because it's not me. Because actually, I find it's much easier to love uh-huh. people and and look at somebody and go, bless their hearts. <laughs> oh, you're awesome. Look at you do that. You know, go with your bad self. <laughs> and it's more enjoyable um, than it is being in judgment of somebody else. So I really work hard on um, approaching any situation um without that also it helps that i have for us astrological lovers out there i have um libra rising mm-hmm. so it's very important for me to see both sides of the coin but what that does is it help, helps me bring um that life lesson in saying everyone's got their backstory yeah but the, you know and, and that's what you know one of the things that i found you know i i, I will tell you and and i think i even told patty this before we actually did you know the work that we did with me is that i was really afraid of what i was going to find um and uh you know when patty and i worked through the particular records it was not as horrifying basically mm-hmm. what it was was a frozen 7 year old boy um uh you know that was frozen at the age of 7 um you know because of circumstances and situations that had happened and it was actually you know, Patty having to give me homework that that required me to play like a seven-year-old, which I thought was absolutely batshit crazy. I'm just sorry. Um, <laughs> it was, you know, the coloring and all this other stuff um, to begin the particular process of thawing the child out. Um, uh, it, it was. It's probably one of the most healing particular processes um, that I've had because you know I got into coloring, which eventually led to my taking a Photoshop class, which um, uh, you know allowed that particular element to begin the particular process of growing. Which, if you find that in your Akashic records that you've been frozen at any given age, don't worry, it's not going to take that many years. <laughs> the bomb out. You know, they they age rapidly. <laughs> yeah, um, uh, but you know, you know, one of the things that I uh, think very strongly um, is that people, uh, for the most part, they're afraid of what they're going to find out. I know when I began um, even psychotherapy, I was afraid of what the results were going to be. Um, uh, uh, and do you find, Patty, do you find that often the case that people are afraid of what's in there? Oh, yeah, and the, the first thing that tips me up that says they're afraid is that I can't see anything. I don't feel it. They don't feel anything. They just, uh, I don't know, I don't understand this Akashic Record Healing Spiritual Jazz <laughs> because it's it's just nothing's happening. I feel I'm, I'm fine. Okay, thank you, bye. <laughs> and then they think that they're done. It's like, oh, no, 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 we're just getting started. And um, it's many times people assume that because it hurt going in, it was terrifying going in that it's going to be the same and, and magnified coming out. But when we bring our traumas, our experiences into the Akashic records, we are surrounded and supported by this energy field that is unconditionally loving. 
And you have, if you haven't had any experience being surrounded by unconditionally loving energy, um, that can be intimidating because we are so enmeshed in the ways that we've been judged all of our lives. And people use judgments to hurt each other, to control each other, to keep each other down underneath mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, out of trouble. Um, you know, parents control their children so they don't hurt themselves, and on and on it goes, and it just gets wilder from there. So um, I lost my train of thought. So prompt me, where are we going with this? Well, basically in regards to our people, uh, you know, people being afraid of what they're going to find out yeah. in the Akasha record. Yeah. Oh, and, and what I wanted to say is that the Akasha uses metaphors and pop culture and things that we're really familiar with to guide us down that rabbit hole to take us from one familiar step, stepping stone to the next. So... Um, quick story, um, I was having a lot of sessions around alien abductions and living in other worlds, and it, it I was just terrified at first, and then after that I was like, this again? Yeah, I should write for the Sci-Fi Channel because this is just out of out of this world. Huh? And um, when it came down to it, after fussing with this for a couple years, actually, it wasn't consistent every healing, but it would pop up pretty frequently and one one fateful trip into the akashic records i asked i finally asked the question what's with all the alien stuff mm-hmm. because you can't you can't you can't do any historical work on that that's all in your imagination it's all like weird so they're they're like well thank you for asking that question we were wondering when you were going to ask and <laughs> it was you know, you just, you just, I was just taking it all for granted that it was literal. And that's when I learned how important the metaphors are and how important the, the stories are that they can use to tell me, it's like this, Patty. It's not this exactly. So the metaphor for me was um, I was living my life as an alien. I was a stranger in my own life. I didn't participate. I always made sure that I felt I was on the outside. No one understood me, and I didn't understand them. So on and on that went. It's like, <laughs> so when I finally got that clue and because of asking that important question, it all made sense to me, and then I could really start healing that, that place where I did not accept myself. So um, a lot of the shyness started to fall away, a lot of the I'm just gross and nobody wants to hear what I have to say kind of started to fall away, and my confidence was replacing all of that awkwardness. And that was my breakthrough moment for that part of my personality. And it took that stopping. And Which say, was probably hard hey. for a cancer, by the way. It was. It was quite really hard. And I considered myself <laughs> the bravest person in the world at that point. <laughs> you know, ex- exactly. Because you know, cancer usually wants to stay in that shell. It's a lot safer. Um, Jackie, there's a couple of terms I want you to define. Okay. I want you to define soul part and spiritual contract. And we, in, in light of traumatic circumstances, uh, you know, that people have gone through, rape, sexual abuse, um, certain circumstances in which people ask the words, why me, and in which, there, on one level, in those circumstances, the pathway to recovery is accepting that one has been a victim, but at the same time moving into a survival, a survivor mode. Um, can you explain to me how soul parts work in those scenarios 
and what that word spiritual contract means because, you know, the only contract I want to sign is with, you know, like a book publisher maybe. I don't know. Probably <laughs> never. But um. <laughs> Well, so a soul part um, is when it's this amazing um, uh, coping mechanism we have built into us. It's it's brilliant, to be honest with you. So when you have an experience that is too much for you to handle in this moment, when you have an experience that you just cannot absorb 100%, um, it saves you from psychotic break. Mm-hmm. And And so what happens is that all of this trauma from this experience, or a huge amount of the trauma from this experience, gets packed into this part of your soul and that breaks off. And 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 it it can become its own repeating pattern. It is its own repeating pattern. So um, how it's supposed to work is that your, the trauma gets filled into this one soul part. It breaks off. And then as you get further and further away from that trauma, it kind of relaxes, it heals. Well, sometimes the trauma is so big, or you have other traumas that build upon that. You have more and more broken soul parts that validate that first one, that it grows, and it starts to become a fear, or it starts to become something that that limits your experiences, that you just, I, I, just, I just can't bring myself to go to the mall anymore, you know, whatever it is. Um, it. It, it starts to drive the bus, so to speak. Now, when you have an abuser situation, and this is something I found in working with someone who uh, was abused repeatedly by many people as a child. Uh-huh. And um, we were going in there to kind of do some soul part clearing and soul part patch up, and I kept finding soul parts of her abusers. And what I discovered in in doing the Akashic Records, and so when you go on the Akashic Records and you keep on asking, so why is this? What's that about? Why is this? You keep asking, and I don't understand that. Can you phrase it in a new way that I can understand? You just keep asking that question. And and so my question is, why do I keep finding her abuser soul parts here, in here? And then the answer came, which is, that's how they continue to feed off of her. That's how they... They've taken abusers take a piece of your your soul and put in a piece of theirs. There there always has to be a switcheroo. Um, if you have somebody's soul part in you, there's they have one of yours, and so that's how an abuser maintains their own guilt. Their own um, they keep feeding off of this, so they get they get re, kind of like a reward, and it helps become their your soul part becomes their balm to the situation so they can absolve themselves a little bit. I don't understand exactly how it works, but boy, does it work that way each time. Well, when um, when we go in and we find this and we ask, we don't ask Kuan Yin for help on this one because Kuan Yin is really gentle and loving and 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 so she'll go to that other soul and say, we need those soul parts back. And that other soul goes, no, they're mine. Now, Kuan Yin can be, Kuan Yin can be very harsh. She can also be... Um, a warrior goddess, so don't think that she's soft touch. But this is when I was working with this client, and I said, well, let's call in Kuan Yin to do healing on these soul parts. She goes, my client said, hell no. (laughs) I'm not letting this go because they don't get a free pass. And so um, another goddess showed up. Actually, it's a goddess that kind of terrifies you, but I find that, that she is so loving um, in her strength and in her harshness 
she's there to be your backup, and that's Lilith. Mm-hmm. And Lilith is um, uh, she's the protector of women, abused women and children. Actually, she's she's who abused women and children call upon for protection. Mm-hmm. And so she she came in. She showed up during this process and said, "I got this. Don't worry about it." She she came in into this experience and said, "I'm going to retrieve your soul parts for you, and I'm going to take these soul parts from you." And this person doesn't get a free pass. And you are now, and and the person the the that I'm working with, the client that I'm working with, who was the victim, they get a little bit of an absolution, meaning that that they need they need to know um, that they have been heard, their abuse has been recognized, and um, that they have a voice in it. Uh-huh. And that's what Lilith gives them is that opportunity to say this is wrong and I was wrong. So so that that becomes um an empowering experience is what Lilith brings back to them in their soul parts so she helps clear and energize and heal your soul parts that she's bringing back to you and she brings them back to you stronger so that um that you can move forward with strength as as a strong independent person rather than a victim she helps remove that identity of victim from you now, a soul contract, on the other hand, is that, um, and there's a lot of stuff on soul contracts. There's many ways of looking at it, but basically a soul contract is similar to a contract that you're going to have with with someone. Um, you have an agreement with another person that says, um, I'm going to behave in this way and do these things, so you're going to behave in this way and do these things. Now, if it's a it's a legal contract that says, um, I'm going to buy this house from you, and you're going to sell me this house in good condition, and that's the money exchange. Uh-huh. Well, in the spiritual realm, it's I'm going to be flighty and uncertain, and you're going to be mad at me. <laughs> and you being mad at me is going to get me to stop being flighty and uncertain. Or there's there, and there's you know whatever scenario goes into there. So sometimes we come into this life to learn a lesson. Our soul says. I I want to learn this particular lesson. I want to have this particular experience. Uh-huh. And 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 because you come in with this even a contract with yourself, a contract always wants to find somebody to fulfill the other end of it. So it will find someone to to connect with that. It'll find someone who will um who will fulfill the other end of that contract and and sometimes and I and and I'm not to put the blame on the victim. This is not what I'm doing. Uh-huh. But sometimes we come into this world and saying, I have to have this experience for a varying amount of reasons. So they look for the person who's going to fulfill that experience. But but I want to tell you, I'm not blaming the victim. But what I am doing is I'm empowering the victim because if you can find that contract that said, I need to experience this to learn this thing. If you can find that and get rid of it, you don't have to experience it anymore. And now you walk away with all the wisdom. Kabbalah says something very, very similar. Basically it states that um, every experience that we have in our life is an opportunity basically to correct our tikkun. Um, And uh, I will tell you, when I first read that, I threw the book across the room. But, um, uh, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, because it is very, very difficult, I think, for people to begin to grasp, especially if they've been in a situation in which they have been victimized. In, you know, my healing session, 
um, with Patty, what, one of the things that came up, Jackie, was um, the reason, there was a circumstance in a past life um, in which I was unable to help a situation in which people were being victimized. I was unable to stop it. And basically what came up in this particular lifetime was having to go through the particular uh, uh, victimization was in many ways to be able to understand what occurred in that past lifetime before. Um, and it was very, very rough. But I will tell you, the next day I felt 100% better. It was like an answer had been given to me. So it was um, uh, definitely um, a powerful experience. Um, we're almost done, but I have one powerful question for both of you. Okay. I'll start with you, Patty. Okay. How have you changed since writing this book? I have become much more relaxed um, about myself and about what I know and what I'm able to do to help people. It's been so awesome to relax in this way, I can't even tell you. Uh, to walk around every moment of your life like a cat on a hot tin roof is just rough. It's exhausting. And writing this book with Jackie and doing the healing exercises on each other has um, brought me through to the other side of that. Um, there's way less self-judgment. Um, there's a lot more acceptance of I do have something uh, to offer and share with people. I am um, a benefit to the world rather than a burden. And uh, believe it or not, I felt that way for a very long time. And writing this book really freed me of that. And I'm over the top grateful for having said, yes, okay, I'll do this with you. Because I was really scared to do it. I really thought, oh, I don't know, this is a whole lot of a whole lot of words and commitment, and I'm not sure I want anyone to know I know this. So... <laughs> <laughs> That is, that was big for me. It was really big to come out of the shadows, out of my closet about this. Come out of the the, the cancer crab, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be able to talk yeah. about this. Jackie, how has this book changed you? Um, a lot of different small and big things. First of all, I'm I'm so excited to have written this book with Patty because um, there's so much that came out about our relationship as we were writing this book that our relationship had been a teeter-totter. Who's in charge? You know, okay. Who's in charge? Is it is my big sister in charge or am I in charge because I'm the one, I'm, I'm always throwing ideas out into the world? Um, or who's front seat, who's back seat? And now, and now it's really been an equalizer for us to be a team. And and that's that's one of the most exciting things that's come out of this book. The other thing that, that's come out of this book is when you write about something or when you have a radio show about something that's spiritual, um, guess what the universe does? It, it puts it in your face. Uh-huh. It puts it in your face. So writing um, the Akashic Wisdom book with Patty, going through the experiences on a deeply personal level during the writing process, rather than on the, oh, I'm a teacher and I'm going to teach you how to deal with these experiences, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have to go experience them. On, on an even deeper level, if I'm going to put it in paper and put it out there in the in the world, um, so it, it's brought this into my day to day for myself. Not just oh, I'm going to go have a healing experience with Patty, or I have a client I'm going to work on. This has made this every moment. Every moment, okay, all right, orders are down. What's going on? 
Okay, tip into the Akashic Records of Coventry Creations. Oh, oh, it's a normal cycle. Okay, now we can just keep rolling. Um, Or, oh, oh, we've got some really unhappy people here, and so um, we need to learn a lesson. Whatever it is, it it can become part of the day-to-day. And say, what do I need to do with this? What do I need to do with that? And also, you know, you can peek in future repercussions, which is always a good plan. So it's it's absolutely changed how I live... um, um, my life and make sure every day is magical. Yeah, I definitely um, uh, agree with you. The, I will tell you that how reading this book has changed me is that one of the things that you experience, not only through the Akashic Records, but understanding this particular material is although all of us come into life with a different set of baggage and, you know, we all wear different clothing. And thankfully for me, I don't wear Jackie's blue shoes. But um, uh, uh, but at the end of the day, the thread that binds us together is our, our, our humanity and our ability to overcome things and to push ourselves forward. Um, so I encourage anybody that has, you know, suffered through um, anything to pick up this book because it will definitely help to transform you 100%. And do the exercises, do the work that's in it. Um, uh, uh, It is truly, in my experience, a different type of alchemy. Um, And the purpose of alchemy, of course, was to turn lead into gold. And you have a choice. You can either live your life the way that it is now, or you can turn it into gold. It's up to you. Um, we're done with the podcast. I want to thank both of you for joining me for this special edition of Keep It Magic. Thank you, so thanks Storm. to you both. Uh, you're very, very welcome, Patty. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, Jackie and I will be back uh, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> <laughs> um, to, actually, we have a show, a, a podcast release that will be uh, released next Tuesday, so don't worry. Um, and we will be talking about letting things go. So you find out all about your problems in the Akashic Wisdom book, which you can go over to Amazon.com right now and purchase. Get the order number. Go to DIY AkashicWisdom.com. Yep. And um, you know, get all of the freebies and all of the wonderful offerings from this book. Let's get this book to number one today, everybody. I want to see I it see, number one. I see those numbers going up. It's super yeah. exciting to watch this. <laughs> if you haven't been watching us, um, watching our DIY Akashic Wisdom feed on Twitter and on Facebook, and and you'll see us going, look, we're up another number, and yeah. just just buy into the excitement with us because it's. This is a once-in-a-lifetime experience for us, and we want to share it with all of you. Definitely. And but So go get this book. Tune in next week. Next Tuesday, Jackie and I will begin talking about how to let all of this stuff go. So you're going to see a common thread um, that's going to be coming up here. Um, Jackie, in the meantime, what do they need to do? They need to keep it magic, Storm. I speak life, everybody. We'll see you soon. feels perfect, other days it just ain't working, the good, the bad, the right, the wrong, and everything in between, yo it's crazy, amazing, we can turn our hearts through the words we say, mountains crumble with every syllable, I'm broken limbs.
thoughts just fall apart I do, I don't, I will, I won't It's like I'm drowning in the deep Well, it's crazy to imagine Words from my lips as the arms of compassion Mountains crumble with every syllable Who can live or die? So speak life Perfect. 